0: welcome to rob running real talk the cancer series uh, and this week talking to dana um who really interestingly unlike everybody else who i've had on here um really is a complete stranger um so unlike the others um i wasn't around to support you when you had it um so obviously i have quite a few people on this podcast who i've never met uh, but i've supported throughout their journey who've reached out on various social media platforms or whatever um but this particular podcast is going to be really interesting for me too because where previously i've kind of known most people's stories and journeys this one other than a little bit of sort of research i did on you is uh, is fairly new to me too so i came across you was desperate to get you on here just because i've seen your your um your profile recently and um i think i was quite moved and interested in your sort of spiritual approach some of the stuff that you talked about um the idea around having a fit body um helps but perhaps an unfit mind can manifest um, yeah. an illness so how are you doing this really is like the first time we've ever spoke so this is this is exciting I like it
1: yeah I guess I just tried to find a way <clears throat> why someone's so young so fit so healthy mm-hmm physically could come down with uh breast cancer um and do you know well, i don't know if it's a process diagnosed um and i got tested for something like eight different genes or mutants so i didn't have any of them um okay and i just thought how on earth and at the time i was diagnosed i was literally at my prime at my healthiest at my fittest but I was doing a lot of work on my mental health at the time, um, mm-hmm. so I had kind of dived into that and looking at, you know, trauma on the mind manifests in the body, yeah. putting ourselves under mm-hmm. stress. Um, I am guilty of having high anxiety, so mm-hmm. around about the time that I was diagnosed, I was being very bratty to myself with okay. um, just behaving badly at things that happened to me and getting very stressed and very anxious and yeah um i think that had a massive toll on my body at the time um and <clears throat> without going too far back there's quite a lot of trauma in my life all cared you know and at some point that's got to come out in the body and I, for me yeah. some people don't believe in all that kind of stuff but for me personally to attach myself to a reason that's the route that I've went down
0: yeah no I I think that is I find it so interesting because um I don't know if you're familiar with my story but when I was diagnosed I mean I wasn't unfit physically unfit but I wasn't anything like I am now I was I was playing football like you know probably 90% of the male population in in this country I was playing football every Saturday I was 29 years old and was you know drank a little bit not really you know nothing excessive but and I've often thought back to that and thought if I'd have been as fit as I am now um would that have would you know would it would have been different maybe it wouldn't I'll never know Mm -hmm. but that's what sort of drew me to to what you said because you know I've seen you were on sort of that um was it like a program to to get your body to a certain sort of physical state that you could almost give up the not give up the gym but not train as hard and maintain a real sort of peak physical performance that was the sort of journey you were on yeah it all happened so yeah
1: i am i've been with my coach for about six years where Mm. we kind of just take my body to as far as we can and then i Mm. can go back off and enjoy life yeah and i enjoy life too much that i come back and then we just start the cycle again um Mm -hmm. i've never been unhealthy and unfit um but last year and kind of the year before the lockdown, I kind of got mm-hmm. back into fitness, um, and we always kind of work to not take me as far as prepping for a show, mm-hmm. but we just go as far as what's maintainable and sustainable. Should yep. I want to enjoy life again?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love that. So, see so you there? So, so tell us a little bit more. When were you? When was your your Date when were you diagnosed? And everyone tends to remember the kind of date or the around the time that they were diagnosed. So when was that?
1: That was the ninth of September last year, which was actually a couple of days after Sarah Hardin had passed. So it was quite a
0: yeah, it was quite a raw moment. A raw
1: week that week. Yeah, I was waiting on results.
0: Oh God, right. So you've got all that flying around the media, and in the meantime, you're you're in that that awful space that we've all been in of waiting for somebody to tell you the the news you kind of already know but you, you know you're not sure to what extent it is. So. Well the
1: thing is I kind of knew but everyone yeah. at the hospital had diagnosed me with an abscess and gave me antibiotics.
0: Wow so you uh, got a misdiagnosis originally?
1: Yeah um, I'd been given an ultrasound on the 6th of August and was yeah. told that I had about <laughs> An 8mm um, abscess that still had fluid. Did I want mm-hmm. it drained or did I want to go back on the antibiotics? So I was like, I'll just go back on the antibiotics. It's yeah. it starting to go down anyway. Um, and then it does go down. And then <clears> I went off and climbed Ben Nevis. And, okay. and then three days later, this abscess stroke lump literally just came alive. It right. was, like pulsing it was moving I was like this is the bizarre thing I've ever experienced so uh-huh. I gave them a call back and it was like no like this thing wants my attention something's wrong yeah. Um, yeah. so they got me back in the next morning and what I thought was going to drain the abscess turned into mammograms and biopsies it was mm-hmm. it felt like a kind of an ambush
0: yeah yeah, because they're just so
1: calm on the phone they're like yeah yeah this happens people come back we'll just have another look and then Mm -hmm. here
0: we are wow and then so then that was um a diagnosis for of breast cancer uh yes yeah okay and um and so that's sort of september last year and and i guess you went through which you know people i've had on here as well you know, I I say this on every single show. I feel like a fraud, and I'm I'm that's my own thing to sort of deal with in terms of, you know, I caught mine very early, and you know, I was almost told I had it, and then within two weeks I was operated on, and it was, it was gone. So I never went through people. the conversations that yeah. other people have had about you've got to have three rounds of chemotherapy or radiotherapy or whatever. I had one one shot of um key radiotherapy uh which was dripped into me over the course of an hour had no side effects of hair loss or anything like that it was just um i say just it was you know killing off all your your blood cells and, yeah. and i felt like shit for for a, a little while and was susceptible to the common cold and, and other illnesses so um so you get that diagnosis and then i guess following that do they they put you on a a, a conversation of sort of this is this is what's next.
1: Yeah, so when I had got the phone call, they pretty much knew that I was six rounds of chemotherapy and then an operation. Um, right. And then I had my MRI and that mm-hmm. came back that it was nothing in the right breast and just this one lump in the left. And the one lump was like one 1.1 1. 1 centimetre. So they okay. changed me to operation first and said, we're just going to cut it out. But because of the type right. of cancer you've got... You mm-hmm. still need chemotherapy, so there was just no uh, escape in it for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and because it was hair two positive, I, you can't have the Herceptin jag unless you're having chemotherapy. Again, there was just it was just it was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't avoid it, and I kind of had like this, like oh, it's small enough. Maybe they can just remove it, and then that'll right. be fine. But it wasn't to be. And I, I, I know someone else who hasn't gone through treatment but at the end of the day the treatment's not the fear it's the cancer so we're exactly. still we're still all in the same mm-hmm. boat of um, course we just have a different treatment journey that's all but we've still got the same fears forever
0: yeah uh, well yeah and that's that's something that i've touched on a lot and that's so true like the the fears of you know the different people i've spoken to and, and where different people are up to within the journey you know i'm I'm five years on now, and um, and I've just come off sort of that um, regular six month or twelve month checkup. I'm not going to have any more, so I feel like a bit sort of cut loose and uh, cut wind kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bit like wow, I've been used to, you know, a checkup every six months telling me I'm fine, and now that's me. So, and and I've struggled to deal with that, and I know other people have, have sort of said the same, like they almost dread the time when that because it's going to come to us all. There's going to be yeah. a time when we all get sort of signed off, whatever you want to call it, and be be on your own again. And um, and you know that fear never quite goes. I don't like talking about it, which is sim, which is why I was attracted to what you were saying because I feel like if you talk stuff like you can talk stuff into an existence of like, oh, my oh, fear absolutely. is that it's going to come back. It's it's almost a bit like let's absolutely. not have a fear of that. You know what I mean? It's because because if you do, you 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 open yourself up to to those kind of things and um, but you know here i am sort of being as, as physically fit and mentally uh, fit as as uh, as i can possibly be really to uh, you know to avoid you know that awful awful thing happening again and yeah. spreading awareness and and that kind of thing is is sort of what i'm uh, what i'm here to do so so you had you had six rounds um which is a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of... Uh, oh, you you talked about six rounds and an operation as well. So did you go through then the, the whole all six rounds?
1: Yeah, so I was meant to just have the operation um, mm. and a lot of the scans came back and said that my nodes were clear, but they just took two to test anyway. Mm-hmm. But sadly, the two were actually positive. Um, so I was like, why? All the scans said this and that. And they said it wasn't until they'd cut them all up, they found cells. So I was then told that after six rounds of chemotherapy, which Mm -hmm. started 3rd of November last year and Mm -hmm. ended the 26th of February the following year, that I would need a further um, operation and have all the lymph nodes on my left side cleared out. Um,
0: Okay.
1: Which was not as big an operation as the lumpectomy and the first node clearance, but it's quite the scar. Um, But, yeah. But they needed to test whether anything else because it was not they only took two and it was two out of two there's absolutely no way of them knowing because mm-hmm. obviously if they'd taken two and it was one and that yeah. one was clear they'd all be fine um oh. but just a case of the unknown so i spent six months just like what the hell are these cells doing where are they what are they oh, yeah. <laughs> where are they getting up to um so after i had finished my chemo in february i had my op in the april and they mm-hmm. removed 12 nodes but thankfully they all came back clear oh
0: so you'd almost um had two misdiagnoses didn't you really because you <laughs> had, had initially them saying oh, it was a, it was an abscess and then secondly saying um oh yeah all the tests are you know your, your nodes are, are clear and, and then yeah. they weren't so yeah
1: i think i have brought this up quite a lot and i've mentioned it quite a lot on my instagram that mm. Um, I know they deal with these things day in and day out but it's our first time it's our yeah. first time hearing things dealing with mm-hmm. things you know mm-hmm. and dialogue is a wash sometimes yeah you know and some things stick with you like I'll never forget yeah. the very first time they, d- they tested me in August and the parting words were it's an abscess I've labelled it nothing to worry about. The consultant's labelled it not, nothing to worry about. You're young, you're fit, you're healthy. Go out and live your life. And then three weeks later, I told I had cancer. And that sticks with me all the time.
0: I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, that's so interesting to hear because obviously my story is is literally the polar opposite. Mine was, was I wasn't expecting, I went into the doctors um, expecting them to say, oh, you know what, you, you play football, you've been hit with the ball or something and and it's just a bit of swelling from that and mm-hmm. and I was the opposite I went in with that idea of it can't be me I can't like I, it didn't even cross my mind that it would possibly be that but went in thinking he was going to go yeah you know what you've you've just got a bit of swelling or whatever you'll be fine and and you know 2 3 hours later was in the hospital um because they, they referred me straight down to get x-rayed mm-hmm. um who in the hospital did not mince their words at all and, and that alerted me then when you said um you know it's our first time and they deal with it day to day the lady i i literally i had so much sort of hatred really for the the nurse who who was with me for that day in in hospital because of how brutal she was um and she literally x-rayed and she was like yeah well we're looking for cancer and that was the first time i'd heard that that was it i just thought maybe i was I, the doctor never said oh we'll send you for an x-ray because we think it but, might. yeah it. he just said we'll send you for an x-ray and we'll send you now. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Like, I live in a small village. I thought, yeah, you know what? It's It makes sense. If there's space this afternoon to go in, I'll go in. So there's no, it was only when she was literally, when she was doing it, that she was like, we're looking for cancer. And I was like, what? Excuse and, me? Uh, yeah. And I was like, honestly, I think I went into shock at the time. And I was like, and I think she was so blase about it because she, it's what she does.
1: Mm-hmm. probably
0: Six times a day, maybe more. She's That's what she does. And she was just very, and I was like, I I can't believe she just said that to me. Um, and like you said, these things do stick with you, but, but I can't imagine, you know, mine was, like I said, the opposite in terms of it was diagnosed within a couple of hours of me going in the doctors, whereas yours was, you know, misdiagnosed and, and then misdiagnosed a second time on something else. How do you find that, like, you know, we, when you go for tests now and they're like, yeah, no, everything's fine. I think I'd be, how do you deal with the whole thing of being like, yeah, but am I fine? Like you've said, I was fine before. Like, am I? Yeah, fine?
1: I know. Um, and I have actually been back for other things. Um, because I was diagnosed with lymphedema. Um, not long after I finished radiotherapy, and you know, I was getting felt yeah. and looked at, and one of them was the same gentleman that scanned okay. me the second time. But the nurse was a nurse that was in the room when I was told I had nothing to worry about, and I had to go live my life. And it was just like. You people are harmless, but I now associate you with a traumatic time. Yeah. That, um. I don't believe, even though you you're telling me the truth, it's hard yeah. now to believe you.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's once it's sort of done that it's done, isn't it? You're always gonna, you know, you're always gonna have those sort of feelings, and um, yeah. It's, I mean, I I, get, I don't know how you get around that because obviously I've never had a misdiagnosis. I've never spoke to anybody who's had one, so. Uh, I guess that's, you know, you've said yourself, you're working on sort of power of your mind and, and I guess that's what that is. It's it's learning to, you know, to trust them, I guess. Yeah, it's just a, a just
1: knowing thing. Yeah. Um, like I have had, um, I'm quite body intuitive and had messages throughout treatment um, from my body mm. that things were certain ways that I already knew what was coming because it already told me. Yeah. Um, so okay. it's just, it's just a, a knowing that you're going to be okay. Like just... Mm sitting within that feeling because once you go beyond that feeling once you start thinking the what ifs and stuff that's the fear um so i just very much try to stay in it i just know i'm fine and i'll stay there um mm. <clears throat> so i just need to deal with the people like you go into the same rooms that you're being diagnosed and you get ultrasounds in the same room you're diagnosed it's just one of those things you're just going to have to say right you're just going to have to separate yourself from the past
0: yeah no, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it takes a strong mind to do that. So, you know, you congr- well, congrat well, say congratulations, probably the wrong word, but, you know, great that, that you're able to, you know, to do that. And, you know, you seem to be very in tune with your body and your mind and that, you know, that wouldn't be, I'm sure it's not been easy for you, but it, that that's not a, an easy task to um, to be able to do that, is it? So uh, yeah, I, I guess it's a it's a process of carrying on and keeping on doing that. And, and it, will it become easier i don't know maybe it will become easier but um so you, so you said you had um lymphedema is is was that a side effect of treatment
1: yeah so that can happen when you have all your nodes removed because you don't have lymphatic drainage
0: right because okay. so the
1: fluid just sits in the body um
0: okay right
1: so a lot of people can get it in their arm which tends to be a bit of an easier place to treat because you can just tuber grip it and help drain it whereas mine is in the breast and in the back yeah um so i have to get weekly massages to try and push the fluid to other parts of my body so my, the rest of the f- um lymph nodes can drain it for me
0: okay right i mean that's that in itself is just stuff you don't think about you, you know you think you think cancer you think breast cancer whatever you know you don't then think, this is so interesting to me, because you don't then think the after effects of, well, this is a result of that treatment, and as a result of of this side effect from that treatment, this is what I now have to do. Is that what, I guess, for the rest of your life?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I was told it was a long-term risk and it's something in the future, mm-hmm. um, but it happened about a month to two months after radiotherapy. So they said that sometimes after radiotherapy and the tissue gets hard and fluid can't Mm -hmm. get through it can just be that so i was sent off to have a woman have a look at me to decide whether it was side effect of radiotherapy or i did in fact have lymphedema and did in fact have lymphedema but it's um it's manageable sometimes it can be really sore Mm
0: -hmm. sometimes
1: it can put a lot of pressure on the scarring um okay means i don't have movement in the left the left yeah. arm, but um, I think from everything that I've gone through, like, yeah. you'll take it. Do you know what I mean? For yeah. for your life, you'll take that. Of it?
0: course, of course you will. Yeah, and that, and that's one thing obviously to to remember. You know, and I said this on the, the podcast last week. Like, you know, we are. It sounds crazy, but you know, people go, "Oh my God, you're so unfortunate, you're so unlucky, or whatever." We are actually the lucky ones because. um Because there's a lot of people that get this awful thing and and are not here to jump on a podcast and try and share their knowledge and experience about it. So
1: no, exactly, we do have to
0: sort of remind ourselves of that. And um, and you know, part of the the reason is to to share the story because there's so many different ways that that this can manifest itself, and you it can happen. And um, and you know, the more people I speak to, the more different ways I learn of. know what's happened since and how people are coping with things and um yeah you know if i can through this share it to to people who are going through the similar journey or family or friends of people who are going through it is i guess it's you know makes me feel a lot better about you know the fact that yes all right i was this happened to me and and i'm i'm trying to take the positives out of it and, and help anybody i possibly can um going through the same thing because, uh, you know, when I got it, I didn't know anybody. I had absolutely no idea. I knew nobody that had had it other than the odd sort of 80 odd year old person. Didn't know anybody mm. that was young. Uh, didn't think it happened to young people. Didn't think it happened to fit people. Didn't think it would ever happen to me. Um, so now mm. I just sort of go about it as trying to sort of be there for, for people to, to let them know, you know, it could happen. It could happen to you if you're fit and, under 40 or whatever but you know it's not um your stats
1: not mean nothing when it comes to cancer it you're that just means nothing it's like it doesn't mind who it picks on do you know no. what i mean no, um, I... and i can't believe actually when i was diagnosed i knew no one my age nobody yeah. and i was like what the hell and yeah. i was so so like on social media with fitness and i was like i can't have anyone see me like this like i'm just mm-hmm. gonna to have to do this in private i've got to come off social media and then i started to look for people on instagram and i could not believe the community that's out there of people my age and roundabout and mm-hmm. much younger yeah being diagnosed just now
0: it's, inc- it's i say it's incredible and, and again it's probably the wrong use of the word but the community is incredible like it's it's awful that there is even a community because you know we all wish that there wasn't anybody that had it but you know, it's the, a very the...
1: uncool club to be part of like nobody wants to be part of this club but when are in it <laughs> yeah it, it is amazing
0: yeah no absolutely i think that's that's you put that perfect um and, and so obviously aside from the the lymphedema and and the other side effects you you lost your hair as well that was another which is a, a you know a massive thing for any female especially and, and that's you know for for males all right yes yeah, it's, it's terrible don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not dumbing that down as like it's not bad but it's it's far worse
1: yeah i think a female. lot of women use their hair as part of their aesthetics yeah, part of, course, of their look um yeah but i had made a decision to not try and save my hair i okay. thought i was going to i thought i was that type of person um, mm-hmm. and i thought god there's no way i could not cold tap do you know yeah. And then as I just got into the journey, my hair just became less important. Like, I'm not spending an extra hour and a half in the hospital to try and save my hair for -hmm. something not to be guaranteed, to then put the upset and stress on myself. Take a decision and I'll shave it.
0: Okay, right. So you took that decision, almost like you... I like that, and that's probably quite a... um mentally sort of quite a strong thing to do almost a bit like you know this treatment isn't going to take my hair I will decide when I have a shaved head and and if I'm doing that now
1: it's
0: almost taking back that control isn't it because so I can't imagine for for any female to to lose your hair it's um like you said it it does it defines their, their aesthetic doesn't it and or not defines it but it's part of their aesthetic and um yeah it's it's an ongoing fear for a lot of people so uh, so that so that was another another side effect along with with as if it couldn't get any worse you've, you've got that as well
1: yeah and i think um, speaking to women and some women who have tried really hard to save their hair and they've come mm. back to me and they've said you know it's falling out blah blah and i'm like listen i'm not one to tell you what's the right thing to do but mm. from speaking to other women on this when they did decide to shave the hair they come back and told me that they wish they had done it sooner because it just alleviated so much anxiety and stress of yeah. am i going to keep this or am i not going to keep this um yeah and i actually found quite a lot of women got a few chemotherapies in and then just shaved it, it off. Well, and i think
0: that's an amazing thing because again like you said just before it's you know all right your hair is important until you get a diagnosis for cancer and then all of a sudden it's like you know what my hair's actually not as important as yeah. as it puts things in perspective a little bit don't you? you start thinking actually i'm i'm not bothered about my hair at all like there's there's way bigger things to be thinking about and concentrating on right now than whether my hair is going to fall out like so stressing yourself out yeah about that isn't going to uh, assist you in, in anything as particularly if you know you you go about that sort of belief of of having a you know a healthy mind or a, an unhealthy mind manifesting illness or whatever so um yeah i think it's it's an amazing thing to it's a brave thing to do but it's um yeah interesting that 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 would sort of be your advice not that we're here to give advice but that would be your advice to sort of women going through um, that's you know don't stress about that just get rid of it and, and when you're all done it will grow back like it's it, not and forever. the thing is
1: with if you don't cold cap and you do have chemotherapy like mm. mine started falling out after the first chemotherapy um and it yes. takes like four or five weeks to lose your hair but it takes months and months and months to, for it to come back and it is tough mm. on the other side because you're just like well it fell out fast can it come back fast yeah and it's just and I'm I'm in that stage now where I just actually today got my first haircut in 14 months and it's it is an entire process on the other side but you've like after chemotherapy you've still got stuff to do like you're not focused on your hair and then by the time you are focused on your hair it's there yeah
0: yeah no exactly yeah yeah that is uh yeah and, that, and that's it that's again the after effects the, the long process that that follows after you know chemotherapy radiotherapy there it doesn't just you know you don't just finish your radiotherapy and that's it there's, no. you know there's all sorts and I notice you you talk a lot about um the sort of steroids that you're you're still on giving you bone pain um yeah was...
1: i my immunotherapy so I get an injection every three weeks
0: mm-hmm.
1: um because of the type of cancer that I had so that's a year's worth so my last one's middle of january i think okay. um uh far less side effects than actual chemotherapy itself so much easier to handle yeah um but it still really can knock you like the last one gave me a really bad fatigue attack where i just had to go to sleep oh, okay. um, it can be like an hour or it can be 20 minutes or you know or just a lie down or mm-hmm. sometimes I'm really, really fortunate where it just doesn't affect me at all. But there's there's no rhyme or reason to it.
0: Right, so you can't even work, work out, you know... How like you
1: said,
0: feel, yeah. you work with it, yeah. So when you say sort of bone pain, explain, what what do you, what you what is that? Is that like...
1: So well, your you bones can just throb, like my shin bone and my right leg throbs. The back mm. lower back can be sore. Um, mm. The only way I can describe it is like, you can imagine being an older person getting up and yeah. off the couch you yeah. know it's not a fast job but it's something that you take time and you stand mm-hmm. up and then you wait and then you can kind of walk off um yeah. it's just it's a much more fragile body and yeah. compared to what I had that was the hardest part is being so physically fit last year to becoming somebody who shuffled yeah. therapy because my bones were just so sore
0: yeah um, and where are you at now in terms of obviously you've got the steroids another another uh sort of bout of those but in terms of your own training um do you just manage that obviously you still you still train a little bit or are you completely off training altogether for now or
1: no no so i went back last night for my first leg session because okay. i've kind of been on and off in the gym since april more mm-hmm. so than cardio. Um, and just trying to let my body recover a bit because the docetaxel that i had can take some time to come out the body and that really affects the bones um so i went back last night just very light um just i don't want to push it i am the kind of mentality where i'm like it's not happening to me just crack on go back and lift what you lifted last year (laughs) and i can't do that so i'm having to force myself to kind of slow down and just take my time with it um at least until my her section's finished and then I can kind of, um, start to look to properly train.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, I find it so interesting. And and I think if anything, this, this has highlighted, um, you know, that it's such a journey, like, and I've even been, been guilty of it. You know, my, I talk about my journey with cancer as, you know, diagnosis and then the five years in care after that. And, and that's kind of it. But actually, it's not as it? it's it's it, it we know it's forever obviously but you know in your case it's it's the diagnosis it's the treatment and then it's you know the side effects and then the the drugs for the side effects that then affect you even more like you said and here you are still um, i mean you're still within at a minute but it's it's not like you said a few times on on here it's not a a slow process it's something that goes on and continues and there's side effects to something else and something else and uh, and it becomes something that you know, ultimately for the time being you have to you have to live with and manage and um you know it's not it's not all sort of like oh right, chemotherapy's done that's me i'm i'm back
1: um, yeah yeah it's not like that at all and <clears throat> where i get my injection is exactly where i got my chemotherapy so all the beeps going off all the oh, nurses yeah So you know, it's um it's triggering every three weeks but you kind of the nurses are so amazing
0: Oh, unbelievable.
1: Oh, amazing. Um oh, boy, it boy. just feels like going in to see your friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I've I've I mean, everybody everyone I've spoken to from all over everywhere, um, always says the same thing. You know, wherever it is you go, whoever's care you're under, it's you know, I've not heard a bad a bad word of, of said, you know, about any of them. Where whereabouts are you? Where do you go to?
1: Uh, I'm in Falkirk, so it's between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Okay. Where I go to Forth Valley.
0: Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. People down, you know, I've spoken to people, really, really south. Yourself, I'm in Manchester, and and everybody says exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter where you go, the treatment, and the um the staff in there are just yeah, they deserve a a lot more respect than the than they probably get for the uh, the hundred oh, percent. But um, well, thanks for coming on. It's been um, I make, we're already at like thirty minutes, so I try to keep the miss so that people actually tune in and listen. But you've been um. <laughs> So interesting and just opening my mind into, um, you know, into mindset, into into the sort of mental side of things, rather than, like you said, physically fit and why yeah. me? And, and that sort of mental and uh, positive mental attitude, all that other stuff is, um, yeah, it's it all sort of triggers with me and it's stuff that I'm interested in. And, uh, very, very different to a lot of other people uh, that I've spoken to, which is why, you know, I, I came across your profile and thought, this is somebody I need to get to know the story and I'm sure there's loads more that we'll we'll talk about offline and uh, I'd love to learn more and more about sort of all that kind of stuff but uh yeah you know, you just pretty, ask away going um you, particularly around you saying you know you're quite body intuitive that could probably be a whole new podcast that we could talk about about yeah. what that means and what that is so um <laughs> you no know, really appreciate it thanks for for jumping on with a complete stranger and it's not easy to to share your story, I know that it's not easy to talk about, and um you've, I think you've managed to to do that and get your, you know, your message across and your journey across. And and like every other podcast I've done, anything I ever do, if if it's made one person sort of stand up and think about it and whatever, check themselves or be more aware, then mm-hmm. we're all doing uh, we're all doing a great job. And um I say good luck. I don't like saying good luck, but you know, well, I'm sure we'll keep in touch. But you yeah, know, absolutely. Let me know how the the rest of your uh, your treatment goes, and and how the body reacts and adapts, and, and all those other sort of interesting things around it. It's uh, it's been a pleasure to to have you on and speak to you.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: No worries. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.